Hello and welcome once again to the Dumpster Dive. I am your host Patrick and with me as always is my co-host and my brother, uh, Jordan. Say hello, Jordan. Hello. And we are here on the Dumpster Dive to hunt for interesting movies. Uh, That's what we do here. Um, We will look at... uh, Underrated films, overrated films, and try to find something uh, of value in each each movie. Uh, do a little bit of a deep dive, uh, find out what works about the film or what doesn't. Uh, bring you some behind-the-scenes info uh, about the cast and crew, maybe some behind-the-scenes trivia, and really just try to do a deep dive discussion. Um, and I that dumpster. Yes, we go all the way to the bottom of the dumpster um, to find those those hidden gems. This one was pretty close to the top. Yeah, this is, um, yeah, this isn't even really, we do a lot of cult classics. This one's not, not a cult classic. This is just a good old mainstream it's, movie. It's culty. It's a little culty. Yeah. It feels like a cult movie, but it was a yeah. big hit. Yeah, yeah. It was a big yeah. mainstream hit. And I think remains pretty popular. Um, and I think one of the reasons that we're discussing this film, uh, which we've both seen many times over the years, and I uh-huh. bet everyone else has seen as well, is because we we wanted to do a little bit of a post-holiday oh, okay, episode. I forgot that that's what it was, mm-hmm. actually. I think that was right. part of the idea. Right. It, was. it was. Um Because I think our last episode was our Halloween episode. Has it been that long I since think we've done one? so. Yeah, yeah, so we've had Christmas and Thanksgiving and New Year's. Uh, Halloween? So, yeah. Um, so we, we kind of skipped over the official holidays. We didn't put out a big Christmas episode. So this yeah. is our kind of a post-holiday um, I look at it episode. as like it's like a Christmas season episode. Yeah, it's still this, around. This is as close. In the bubble. This is as close to a Christmas episode as as uh, the dumpster dive gets. And I think we chose a perfect movie for it mm-hmm. because this um, it actually is much more of a Christmas movie than I even remembered. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it also could easily be not a Christmas movie. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it's kind of perfect for for if you want to if you want to consider this our Christmas episode, you can. But if you don't, if you're funny, because I totally forgot. Yeah, that if was you're the idea if you're sick of, if you're sick of Christmas and are just ready to move on into 2021, just do what I did. And completely forget. Completely about forget it. Uh, what we're talking about or why we're talking about it. Well, let's uh, find out what we're talking about, and we'll cue up the trailer, and then we'll be back in a moment to talk to you about this movie. <laughs> of Gotham, a new villain emerges. You didn't invite me, so I crashed! From the rooftops of Gotham, the perfect enemy comes to life. together. We do. While 
while she craves a romance she can sink her claws into. You can't know a girl like me. He plots a foul reign of destruction. My dear penguins, thanks to Batman, the time has come to punish all of Gotham! <laughs> just heard the trailer for Batman Returns. Great movie, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> I think we can agree at the outset. Um, yeah. Oh, I've seen it so many times. We've but. both seen this movie many times. Um, this is the second movie in the... The original Batman cycle. Yeah, the yeah. Timothy... The Tim Burton... Timothy Burton. Um, Timothy Burton. <laughs> Timothy Burton Esquire. In the Tim Burton... Joel Schumacher yes. cycle of Batman films. Yep. Uh, this 92, is the, I think. I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, this is the second one. Um, and it's my favorite of those movies. So the of all those four. Mm-hmm. And um, it might be my favorite Batman movie. It's tough to compare it to the Christopher Nolan stuff. Because the Christopher Nolan stuff, yeah, which I also like. Oranges. So different. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I this definitely I prefer it to the first Batman. I think it's an improvement in my opinion. Yeah, I don't, and, I don't know and if I'd go definitely better than the they're close. Joel Schumacher. Um, yeah, Tim Burton is better than Joel Schumacher. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, although I think it would be interesting to talk about Batman Forever. I don't think we need to talk about Batman and Robin. That is one of my points that I bring up. Yeah, I'll bring yeah. Up, but. All right, cool. Um, so Batman Returns. Um, I think pretty much everyone knows what this movie is. About more or less, mm-hmm. it's not actually about Batman returning. No, it's not <laughs> I remember. Returning. I remember thinking that when I was a kid, I'm like, "Why is it called Batman Returns? Like, he didn't go anywhere. He's not coming back. To, he's he just, returns to theaters. Yes, he That's returns. Pretty much to, what it is. Yeah, he returns to, to theaters for another <laughs> another blockbuster. Um, they may as well call it like Batman the next movie. Yeah. Well, this movie is really about the villains. Um, oh yeah. This is really their story. Um, and and uh, so the villains here are the Penguin, uh, played by Danny DeVito, and Catwoman, played by Michelle Pfeiffer. So this was kind of the pattern with the yeah. Batman movies of this era, which I loved. Which is like, you know, they started out with the Joker, the greatest Batman villain. Mm-hmm. And then like, okay, let's just go down the list. You know what I mean? Like, well, it's also stunt casting, too, where it's like, God, they... But, what I was going to say, see, I see where you're going. <laughs> I made a face. It's totally not stunt casting with these. Like, no, no it one would ever pick it. Yeah. stunt casting. It does, like, like, that's what the formula that it sets on. But it's like, once they pick the person, you're like, I could not pitch that as anybody else. Like, right. Jack Nicholson as the Joker. It's like, right. There's no other person that could have played it at that point. Well, and I think that definitely holds true for the 
the actors in this movie. This yeah. is an incredibly well cast film. Did you know that it wasn't originally Michelle Pfeiffer? Oh like no. They started. All right, save that okay. for our. Oh yeah, I do know a little bit about yeah. this, but th- that's good, and a lot of people probably know that, but save that for our trivia. Um, so yeah, so we got the 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 second and third best Batman villains, yeah. uh, the Penguin and. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't even say that, but. Well, we can get into most, our most official, notorious we can, or most yeah, well known, most, most yes. well known, or at least the ones Tim Burton most wanted to deal with. Yeah, um, and he definitely makes them into Tim Burton characters in oh, this yeah. movie. Oh yeah, that's no part question. of what makes it great. Absolutely. Um, so the 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 story is that um, the uh, uh, the real villain, a, a third villain, who's I as far as I know, oh, yeah. don't come at me, Batman fans. An original character of this movie is Max Shrek. Yeah. Again, great casting, played by Christopher Walken. Um, so he is this kind of evil businessman, industrialist, who wants to build um, a power plant in Gotham, uh, which will actually, unbeknownst to everyone, suck power from Gotham for some... It, it, it's I, evil, folks. It's, well, yeah, it's, it's evil. Like <laughs> power plant, nuclear power, yeah. like, bad. He wants to do a bad thing because he's a bad man. Um, and he's got a lot of money and he lives in a big building. And, like, and the, corporate bad. Yeah, and Bruce Wayne, uh, who I guess sits on the board or what, he sits on all the boards in Gotham, and, the, and most importantly the mayor are standing in Max's way of making this happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so Max Shrek... Christopher Walken's character, is abducted at one point by Danny DeVito, the penguin, who lives under the sewers. Um, It's kind of this uh, urban myth in Gotham. And he convinces Max to help, or he convinces him by blackmailing him, because he has all this dirt on Max Shrek. Um, And he wants Max Shrek to kind of help introduce him, the penguin. Is that what he initially wants? Yes. Okay. Yes. I remember but, thinking that, like, what did he want I know. at the beginning? The, we're, we'll get into that, because okay. the motivations of... Oh, you set it up. Yeah, this is why I kind of, like, wrote out the plot for this movie, because I'm like, mm-hmm. what do all the characters want, and what are they trying to do? Cause they you, went through a lot of drafts. Yeah. I'll tell you that. So, um, uh, but that is what he wants. The Penguin blackmails Max Shrek into helping him be introduced to polite Gotham normal society. Okay. I believe for the sole purpose of accessing the Gotham Library so that the Penguin can get the names of all the firstborn children of Gotham City because he wants to kill them. Because he, like Max Shrek, also evil. Um, As far as I can tell, that is the Penguin's motivation. And that's not revealed until later. You kind of forget about that. I feel like they kind of threw that in at the end. I always think that. Right. And they may have, but then they went back and did set it up a couple times early in the movie. I can think of one, but okay. Yeah. But I think that's why he he wanted to be introduced into Gotham society. That is funny because I was wondering that the last... I was kind of like going my... And I've seen it so many times. Yep. What did he initially want? I think that's what it was. He (laughs) wanted to be able to move in polite Gotham society, presumably for the sole purpose of getting the names of these kids, because he wanted to kill all these kids, just out of pure evil. If that's true, it makes me kind of like it marginally a little Mm -hmm. bit more. Watch it again. I think that that tracks (laughs) the The story is the big problem that I have with this movie. Um, So the Penguin's agenda sort of dovetails with Max's own agenda, because Mm -hmm. Max needs the mayor out of the way. So he's like, in the, the... Best subplot in the movie. 
the Max hits on the idea of let's make the penguin this grotesque gargoyle who lives under the sewers of yeah. Gotham City. Let's make him, let's run him for mayor, right? Um, which he proceeds to do. That's so, another part that I never got. Oh, I love it. So the well, the, it's a lift from the old TV. It is. Too. It is. Yeah, I think a lot a of this stuff bit. might be. Yeah. So the penguin um, is running for mayor. Uh, that 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 plot is of a bulk of the the movie. Yeah. Eventually, that plot is foiled by Batman. Meanwhile, you have got um, Selina Kyle, uh, brilliantly played yeah. in really a, a dual role as Selina Kyle and Catwoman, which are two personalities. Um, brilliantly played by Michelle Pfeiffer. She starts out as Max's secretary. She uncovers this information about the power plant that it's actually evil. Um, Shocking. She is uh, killed. Or maybe almost killed mm-hmm. and just gets brain damage or something. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll get into that. Um, Max attempts to to do away with her. She becomes Catwoman. And now you talk about motivations in this movie. Catwoman, as far as I can tell, is basically a random, chaotic kind of element. For most of the film, she doesn't seem to have a real clear motivation. Eventually, no, I think that's why Max is in there to give her something to like. But but she comes to that slowly, like yeah. like when she first. Well, again, it's like with the penguin with the kids part. It almost feels like they almost forgot about it for yeah. a while, and then they threw it in at the end. Right, like at like at one like when Catwoman first comes back in that great scene um, where where Bruce Wayne and Max are talking in Max's office. Max oh, yeah. thinks Selena yeah. Kyle is dead, but she walks in and she's completely complete charge of the situation and and both men are completely unsettled for different reasons um it seems like she's just kind of fucking with everyone and then you know she in the comics cat one's like a cat burglar right like that's the whole deal she's not really that here you do see her robbing a store at one point but it almost seems like the point was just to cause damage and the store blows up well then she stops a mugger too or possible rapist right yes yeah so she's sort of like a anti-hero and then she, of course, is attracted to Batman, yeah. but then teams up with Penguin at one point to do away with Batman, because ultimately Batman can't have this chaotic element running around in his city, even though he's kind of drawn to her, because they're kind of mirrors of each other. And eventually, as the movie reaches its climax, she does kind of focus on she needs to kill Max Shrek. But really, through most of the film, she's just kind of this kind of troubled, possibly brain-damaged uh, yeah. woman running around in a fetish suit. Um and I love that about her. It all works for me. <laughs> yeah. But as far as motivation, I, I kind of had her pegged as kind of an element of chaos. You know, yeah, she's, she's a little this, Joker-ish. Yeah, she's, exactly. She's just kind of this chaotic element kind of thrown in um, at, the, at the end. So once, uh, once Penguin's um, scheme to become mayor has been uh, thwarted by Batman... Um, it is revealed that he's had this plot to kill all the firstborn kids of Gotham. That also is thwarted by Batman. There's penguins with rockets at the end. There's explosions. <laughs> and, uh, you know, shenanigans ensue. Um, that's pretty much the, the plot of this movie. It's Penguin and Max Shrek working to make Penguin Mayor. Catwoman's running around. Batman is really just kind of here as like a foil for these two more dynamic, interesting, freakish 
yeah. Tim Burton characters. Batman's less of like the agent of, or he has less agency in the movie yeah. where he changes. He's more of like he diffuses things. Right. He has like no. Something happens. Batman shows up. Right. Shuts it he down. He has no arc in this movie. No. Um, he does have some kind of character with his attraction to Selena Kyle mm-hmm. and his. Um, you know, kind of seeing her as kind of like a mirror of, of himself with the duality, with the yeah. two identities. I don't know that that makes a lot of sense. I don't know that that's really fleshed out very well. But that's kind of the only kind of like character motivation that, that Bruce Wayne has. He kind of wants to bring yeah. Selena over to the the good side, you yeah. know. To um, me, that's very true to like a lot of... I mean, not every Batman story, because Batman, you can make a million stories with that. But to me, it's very true to like... A lot of like Batman stories that I like too, where it's like he's just there. It's yeah. It's always more about the villain. Uh huh. In like the most famous Batman story yeah. ever, he's just there. He's a great character, of course. He's a great character, but part of that is like just being the witness to it. Yeah, you know, like just being there. Oh yeah, I love it. Yeah. I, I I prefer that. I prefer a Batman who is like. Um, just kind of this element, this force of nature almost. Like, he just is Batman. You know, yeah. he's not like, should I be Batman? Should I not be Batman? It makes me sad to be Batman. Mm-hmm. He's just, that's what he does. He's just Batman, you know? Um, so that works really well here, and it gives the villains a lot of room to play. Like, um, one scene in the movie that I, is beautifully and very filmed in a very cool way, but it's kind of funny, is like when they first turn on the bat signal. Oh, I love that. Scene. I do too. I but when you it. think about it, it kind of underscores what we're talking about. Because what is Bruce Wayne doing in his day to day life when he is interrupted and must become Batman? Shit, nothing. He's sitting <laughs> in a darkened room, brooding like yeah. Rodan's the Thinker. Presumably, this is how Bruce Wayne spends his time. Because without Batman, there essentially is no Bruce Wayne. Yeah. There's nothing for him to do. He I mean, exists the, only to be Batman. Com- I love it. In the commentary, Tim Burton says, he's like, yeah, not much of a social life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's so great. Oh, it's, it's, a, so it's amazing. Great. You that, know, that he's scene alone. Sitting in this giant room dwarfed by the beautiful scenery, um, the bat signal uh, with those cool spotlights like comes into the room. He just stands up and is like... And oh, the music. There you go. He's that, that music cue. Yeah, and which is the same from the that's the Danny Elfman cue from the first movie. Because mm-hmm. I want to talk about the music later too. So, all right, where do we want to start? Um, so we we both probably saw this in 1992 when it came out and have seen it many. I don't know t- if I remember seeing it. not in theaters. I, I must have because I saw the. I don't know why I wouldn't have seen this in the theaters. I'm I guess sure maybe I, I did. I just I just don't remember. Yeah, well, you would have been ten, so you might not have. But okay. um, I'm sure I saw it in the theaters. I've seen it many times. Since. Yeah. Um, so why don't we kind of come at it from the angle of, like, you, I, you might not remember, like, the first time you saw it, but, like, what was your impression, kind of, of this movie when you were younger? How has that changed or not in the ensuing years? What do you think of it now? On this I, I've been dealing with it so long in my life, <laughs> I don't remember, <laughs> like, my introduction it's like, to it, it. It's like, it's like Batman. It's just like, it always existed. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't, I'm trying to think of, like, what I thought of it when I was a little kid. I think I liked it. Yeah. I think I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to do this movie particularly, okay. because I have a hard time saying that it's, like, a great movie, because it's, like, there's so many things I think that don't, or shouldn't work about. Mm-hmm. But I keep coming back to it. Like, it's almost like <laughs> every year I'll watch it. Like, 
Why am I doing this to myself? Why am I, I said it wasn't that great, and yet I'm watching it again. There's something that but there's something you. that draws you back to it. Um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't tell you what I thought when I was a little kid. Okay. Because I would just... Cause Batman Forever was my movie. When yeah, I, you were into that one, I remember. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that was just because it was like the right age. Exactly. Um, I remember this one I was just being on TV. Mm-hmm. Like USA. Mm-hmm. Showing it all the time. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't have. I'm trying to think of what I thought of it a long time ago, but mm-hmm. uh, now I look at it through new eyes. Mm-hmm. Like, again, it's hard because I see it over right. and over again. I, I don't let enough time pass right. where I can get fresh view of it. Right, but, <laughs> you're just always watching this movie. I am. <laughs> but that I think that's part of what like draws me back to it. Like I I've always loved Tim Burton, mm-hmm. even though like a lot of his films are not particularly great mm-hmm. like his later films haven't been that great but right but god damn this is like, well this was kind of like prime era burton well this was yeah, yeah this was like on the rise basically right. even though this was like dipped down from mm-hmm. the first batman according to like critics or whatever like edward scissorhands was really close to this wasn't it like, uh, as far as when they came out i think edward scissorhands was between them Mm-hmm. I know, okay, I'm not. I'm not positive, but yeah, it was like Pee Wee's, Beetlejuice, Batman, Edward Scissorhands, Batman Returns. Yeah, I think. So. And then Ed, Ed Wood was somewhere in there. Ed Wood was later. Ed Wood was like '94. So I mean, that's a couple years. So this yeah, I guess is, it is close. This is like prime era Burton. And, yeah, yeah. I'm not the biggest like Tim Burton. Fan. I always like him. I just haven't. He's one uh, director. I just haven't like gone and yeah. really looked at. But um. I don't know. I ha- like, I feel like just his movies are so beautiful to mm-hmm. look at. Just like, holy shit! Like, I think that's why I keep coming back to it because I'm like, I, it's just like infinitely watchable, no matter what is going on. Because I think the main problem is with me is the story of it. Okay. If I look back on it, like I don't even know what the hell's going on, and it's not that interesting to me in terms of the, like the plot. In terms of like the plot. Yeah, and that can be okay. Like, I, I don't necessarily yeah. well, need Well, I think that. this is an example... I think that prevents it from being, like, a Great. perfectly well-formed, yeah. solid movie. Mm. So. Well, I think this is an example, um, a good example of, like, how it, it, it... I don't want to say plot doesn't matter, but, like, how you can kind of get away without having, like... It's not all about the story. It's yeah. not all about the plot. It's not all about what happens. You know, this is more about like the the characters, specifically the villains. Well, yeah, it's and, totally and just a character how, study. how fun they are to watch. You know, mm-hmm. there's kind of enough of a plot to move them along. Mm-hmm. But what makes it, if not a great movie, a in my opinion, a really good one, is um, just the char- the characters. You know yeah. what I mean? So I don't know. I think like again, part of it is like if it's just the character study about the villains, which like most of the great Batman stories. Are even if you think of like the animated series, like it was. It, this movie is totally like the animated series, where mm-hmm. Batman's he's just there to yeah. solve the problem. It's all about like the villain story. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Forgot where I was going. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that that's kind of my take on the movie. Is like um, as far as I can remember, my initial, you know take on the movie when I was young, I would have been like 12 when I first saw it, was um, I thought it was great. I I, I thought it was terrific. And I remember even at that time, there was some kind of like 
critical kind of like eh, it's a little yeah. maybe it's not as good well, as the, the first, first one. one was such a huge hit right and like, maybe this one you... wasn't but me as a kid i was just like well this one had two villains yeah. you know what i mean and that's they were why, really cool that's and why it's hard for me to remember them. too because it's like yeah. Did I really love it at the time, or did I just love every movie? Well, that yeah, that was part of it. Too. But I do. I think I was just at that age where I was starting to develop a critical kind mm-hmm. of consensus, and um, I, I remember actually thinking that I was like, "What? Why did? What's not? What's not to like?" That was kind of my take. And I gotta say, now, so many years later, that's kind of still my take on this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I watched it again in this most recent viewing. I probably haven't watched it as much as you have. Yeah. And I was like, okay, how good is this movie? How, what works? What doesn't? I try to really watch it very closely as I do on the dumpster dive, right? To mm-hmm. you know, give my critical analysis. And at the end, I, that's kind of what I came away with is uh, what's not to like? This is, this is a, a really good... I keep yeah. wanting... I keep stopping myself from saying great. Um, but it is, it is kind of great. Mm. Um, what, uh, what doesn't work for me... It's not so much like the story is like, well, it is because like, I, I think it becomes, the story only becomes a problem, I think, is when it starts to kind of lose momentum as it goes along. Mm-hmm. And you start to realize, and I think you might have mentioned this about the movie before, there really are no stakes here. Yeah. You know? Well, I, the, when I talked about, I think before on this, yeah, the Kevin Smith commentaries, mm-hmm. or he was talking about that. That was like, he's really kind of hard on Batman Returns. Yeah, and a lot of people are, and I, I think it's great. Yeah, well, he's he talks about stuff that, like, I totally, I like hearing his opinion about it, right. like, and it's interesting, but right. the one thing I do agree with, he's like, yeah, there's nothing really at stake in this movie. Yeah. And, and what do people want? Right. And, you know, you hear that all the time with, like, I always hear that on, like, commentaries tv shows it's like oh they're always complaining about what are the stakes what are the stakes what right. are the stakes what are the stakes right and like it sounds so stupid but something needs to be at stake in the movie yeah. like it's just the fact of the matter like, yeah yeah and i think it, it's it's like we were saying it's to the movie's credit that you can watch it either so many times or you can get long enough into the runtime before that really starts to nag at you a little bit mm-hmm. but you do you do notice it after a point and and definitely when like the penguins run for mayor is is thwarted essentially by Batman like recording him saying something bad about the people of Gotham City and playing it back during a rally. That's it. That's that's all it takes. That's yeah. Batman's big victory over the penguins run for mayor. Uh, playing a CD. And he scratches the record. Uh, yeah, like, the lame. Jo- that was a lame joke. Yeah, but. Um, you know, and then it's kind of like, oh, okay, well, now I'm going to kidnap all the kids in Gotham. Like you said, it seems like it's coming out of left field. I don't know. Yeah. And then Batman takes care of that right away. He he basically saves the kids. Like, okay. And then Alfred helps like 50% Alfred too. is very involved in this. And then and then Penguin's like, okay, well, I'm going to blow up the city with penguins. It's like, all right. And, and what does Catwoman want? And well, he just, changes plans like within five minutes. Yeah. And it he he's, changes his mind, like kidnap all the firstborns. Right. Then he changes his mind. He's like, kidnap everybody. Then he changes his mind. He's like, blow up the goddamn city. And it kind of doesn't matter. And, and yeah. you're not, you don't really have this sense of like, okay, all these various plot threads and characters are coming together in this big kind well, of... Well, they, they do. Like they, the characters they literally like are in the together. same place. Yeah. But it, it does kind of, you know, kind of start to seem like just a bunch of stuff that's happening. Yeah. So I think that's one thing that keeps it from being like a a great movie. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's one thing. Like when he said that, I'm like, yeah, that is kind of a good. I thought that was a good point. Is that? Yeah. And I think that might be a problem. And that, that and that might have been in my mind too, watching a little bit, so mm-hmm. I was being like extra critical of that. For me, I still say that's kind of a minor gripe, though. It's just cause yeah, it's, I don't think it. Yeah, I don't just, think it kills. Yeah, it's just because it's all really entertaining. To um, me, it's like that's kind of just what stops it from being like whoa, yeah, great, or exactly, or stops it from me saying that it's for sure better than the original. I kind of like back and forth with the right. original one and this one. Yeah, because the original one, there's not really much of a story either. Right. So they're kind of, they're very similar in my mind, yeah. but I, I don't know if one is like way better than the other, or, yeah. or if I could definitely say. Well, I, I kind of started talking about what I don't like about the movie before I talked a lot about what I like about. It. But let me let me just mention the I think the only other real minor gripe I I had with it because I kind of was trying to find them right because I'm mm-hmm. like, well, this is this isn't Kane here, so what's what's not excellent about this movie, um, and. Uh, let me ask you this because I, I am on record as not being the best person to talk about this aspect of films. The first Batman, the the first Tim Burton Batman, mm-hmm. has that great Danny Elfman, which has now become an oh, iconic yeah. score associated with that character beyond just these movies. Oh yeah, and it's got uh, the Prince songs, and I remember the, yeah. those songs being on the radio, and the Batman soundtrack uh, was like a big deal. Mm-hmm. Is it just me, and it might just be me? Does Batman Returns not have a great music? Is, does it not have a great score? Does it not have great music? Because I, I thought that aspect of it maybe fell a little flat. Oh, that's weird. Because no, that would be one of my points. Is really, like, I think it's pretty. Like, there's a lot of like great musical like cues. Okay, like, specific ones that I there. I don't know if it's just like they're stuck in my brain, uh-huh. but. And it is kind of like a little warped version of the originals. Right. So I don't know. I'm not the authority on it. You can't like, mm-hmm. like if you're asking me, <laughs> it's. But I mean, it's like, got a good soundtrack. Did, like, I think it does actually. I think it stands out. Like, did Catwoman have like a? She oh, yeah. did kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. That's one of the ones that I remember okay. when she comes home, and I mean, it's it's part of like what's going on in this scene right. too. When she comes home and destroys her. Right. Like I can hear that. Yeah, it's kind of like this now. warped, kind of weird. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep, it's like a little princess theme, mm-hmm. and then she oh, starts yeah, breaking right. everything you're down. Right. But yeah. it's not his music is good because it's not like on the nose. And I know that sounds kind of funny with Danny Elfman, right. but it doesn't like follow everything that's going on right. necessarily. It's a little askew. Well, it's like he kind of like knows what's going on in the story. Mm-hmm. He might be the only one. Yeah, <laughs> but he knows like what's going on, but he's not like cueing moments. That are happening. Like, when you're punching somebody, it's not, like, bland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's not, like, underscoring thing. It's just, like, in the background. Okay. So maybe that's why it doesn't stand out to people. Mm -hmm. But I don't... There are certain... I can't think of another... Oh, the other part where... It's all Catwoman stuff. Mm -hmm. Where she's coming back to life, I guess. Oh, yeah. Or waking back up or whatever it is. Yeah, we talk about that, yeah. When the cats are all rushing in, it's, like... Just the eerie, creepy stuff that yeah. Danny Elfman does. Okay, you're right. Yeah, now that so. you're saying it, I can. I've seen the movie enough that those those cues yeah. are kind of coming back to me. So yeah. So I think the score is, and it's not just like a repeat of the original. You know what? Which I, it, it is at the beginning, but then it kind of once right. the villains comes in, they have their once own the villains come line. in, it starts to kind of like warp it a little bit. And even the penguin. Oh, there's another one where the penguin visits um, his parents' grave. Mm-hmm. That like I can hear it in my. I'm not gonna like re. Right. I'm not going to, like, sing it here, but I can hear the music in my head about... Like, it's married with the movie itself. Mm -hmm. So, I 
I don't know. I would totally disagree. Okay. With that. I think the music is one of the very strong things okay. that work in the interesting, movies. interesting. And you, yeah, you, I'm just not the best at like picking that out of movies or responding I mean, that's, to that. Part of it is like I just loved it as a kid too. Yeah. So it's my, it's just like yeah. stuck in my. You know brain, what the funny but... thing is, is I thought of it when they went to like. Um... I mean, just like I can picture that scene of her trashing her apartment. I can hear it. Yeah, and you're like, right. I love it. I think like the score the score is is probably good. Maybe it's like the the song, like the soundtrack, is not good or something. Like, because like I remember like the reason I thought of it song was like, in it. <laughs> well, like because they went to like um, the uh, the this party. Oh, the ball at the end. Yeah, the ball, and it's like they were playing like what sounded like just really like generic music. Oh, it probably was. I don't. Even yeah, remember. it's just like in such a like big budget like Hollywood film. It just made it seem like. A that's little, so funny though because that's cheap. like supposed to be some back like you're paying attention to the wrong thing. You're yeah. paying attention to the you're ignoring the score that's supposed to be underscoring yeah. like everything and you're paying attention to like the cheap music right. that they're playing at the party like I didn't even notice I that. Don't know. I, it almost because like it's like I assume that that's that is what they're going to play at. But that. I feel like in like a Batman's not supposed to have a musical. But number. if you went to like a Marvel movie today, like they'd have well, they'd yeah. have better music in like a scene like that. Than this I guess, had. but certain movies call for like a soundtrack and certain ones don't. Uh-huh. Speaking of the original one. Yeah. Does it really call for a Prince soundtrack? Right. They might have like, got a little overboard on that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't know. All right. So maybe, you know, I'm... No, I'm, I think, I honestly think like the soundtrack is probably okay. one of the strong parts of this movie. Like something that keeps you coming back. I said like, hmm. it just looks beautiful, okay. which is why I can kind of keep coming back to it and enjoy it just on that level. And that's fine. I also can listen to just the music of it. Oh, okay. So, so I was completely off base on that. <laughs> I don't know. I, like, I, I would disagree with it. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, it just didn't... Um, I don't know, maybe because the Batman theme from the first film we, yeah. movie is so like iconic. It just didn't like... I think it's deliberate, though, because I think yeah, it's about I the villains. Right. I think it's supposed to... Because it does start out with the exact score right. as the original one does. But then it starts to... like That fades away. Yeah. And then the villains come in, mm-hmm. and that starts to change... The Penguin's got, like, a circus, mm-hmm. kind of, like, dark, you know, Tim Burton-y mm-hmm. type sounds, like, yeah. music to it, too. So, All I right. don't know. I love... Danny Elfman's music is amazing. Like, yeah. I love him as a musician. So. Yeah. I think I was completely wrong about I regret having said that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just funny cause that you say, like, was the music bad? And it's like, that was going to be one of my big points about mm-hmm. it. So. Okay. All right. I don't know. Maybe I have to I'm not even agree gonna or disagree. Well, I, I don't, like, feel like you're probably right. You know, I just, like, maybe didn't, like, pick up on it as much or, or something. Mm-hmm. So, um, All right. Let's talk about one more thing that kind of... It doesn't even really irk me. I almost just think it's kind of funny and weird. Um, before I get to things I really like, is like, um, <laughs> what uh, what do we think about Catwoman's origin in this movie? <laughs> what is, well, that's how do the we other co- thing. How do we come down on this? That's the I other bet thing Kevin that's... Smith hates it without having heard his. He does, story. and that's the one thing that I kind of disagree with. Because mm-hmm. I always, I don't know, like maybe if I heard somebody explain it to me as a kid and I bought it, mm-hmm. but I like it. Mm-hmm. I kind of. It's it's like not a superhero origin. No, not like, at all. No, it's just like it's weird. I don't know how to explain. No, well, t- I, I mean, it's, what, it's what weird is it? What st- happens? What? How do you interpret the the series it's of images? It's weird in the sense where it's just like I mean, I don't. It's not meant to be something specific. I don't. Right. I think it's just meant to be like a person who has like a mental break, mm-hmm. and she goes. Does she have brain damage? Well, I would assume so. Uh huh. <laughs> That's kind of um, weird. Like Catwoman is I a always brain remember, damaged... I, I must have heard this somewhere, <laughs> like somebody explaining this to me. Or uh-huh. not to me, but I must have read this somewhere. 
you know, like explaining this movie, but I I heard that like people in comas. All right. No, this is great. I'm because I heard that people in comas for like a long time. If you bring an animal into the room, they come out of the coma. Like it's almost like an urban myth. Okay. Like I remember there was a story with like a guy who's in a coma for like I I, I don't know I'm totally like paraphrasing because right, right, this is like right. going on fuzzy right, memory. Right. But he's in a coma for like a long time, and then they bring like a rabbit and like it's just like an experiment. Mm-hmm. They bring a rabbit into the room and just like to sit with him, and they wake right up. Okay. So I some for some reason that's in my brain okay. as seeing that. Interesting. Like she's I don't she it's like because I just watched uh, one of the RoboCop movies too. So. Okay. <laughs> Is she dead? Is she not dead? Did she die? Did she not? There's not an answer to it. Yeah. Like, that's where I come down, basically. Yeah. I, I just picture it as, like, someone who has, like, a, some sort of mental break, mm-hmm. obviously. I think that's Because she goes home and she at. changes into a different person and trashes right. her apartment. Like, you could have said that she broke up with her boyfriend. Like, it could be the same story. Right. Not presented in this, like, really violent type right. of way. Right. It doesn't necessarily have to be her dying, like right. dying, quote unquote, dying or having brain damage. You yeah. know what I mean? Which is that's kind of disturbing to think but about. But see, like, even like saying brain damage, like I don't even no, I don't even say that. I just kind of pictured as like she had some sort of like trauma. Yeah, I think that makes the most sense. She was she was traumatized in right. some way. Her right. brain just like right snapped. It was fine. It hit a wall. Yeah, and it, it, like just. Yeah, she spun out. I, I think like, that's the best way to look. at it. And I kind of like it because yeah. it's not like Joker. She didn't fall into a vat of chemicals right. and came out as the Joker. Right. This is kind of like, what's wrong with this person? And that's right. kind of why I do like her as being a little agent of chaos. She kind of goes out at the beginning in the alleys to try to stop villains. She makes a Catwoman suit because she's kind of copying Batman. Yeah. And she, you see that kind of mirrored later after they are like making out on the couch uh-huh. and you see him take off in his awesome car and she's driving away in her crappy oh car, yeah i love that trying to put her little another great scene yeah crummy costume on yep. and her costume's like falling apart as the yep. movie goes on yep. un- and unraveling you know yep. like the symbolism is there yep. like she's completely becoming unraveled oh, there's so much to say about this movie <laughs> i mean there really is i don't know i just i like that version of the character and yeah kevin smith came down and he's like i just, he's knowing, literally just like, knowing him, I knew he would without yeah. having listened to that comment. He's like, this is the stupidest fucking origin right. that of, course of any Catwoman. That, yeah. And I'm just thinking, like, she never even had one. Right. Catwoman, like you said, she was the cat burglar. Batman, Catwoman. Like, right. that's what the comics started as. Right. And like, this is it. And again, it's like, you take it or leave it. This doesn't, right. it's not gospel. Yeah, you I just can't, like this version of you, it. Well, I do too. I like it too. I, I, um. But you don't like the origin? No, I do. I just, oh, okay. I, it's just weird. And, and yeah. I was like aware of, I've always, even as a kid, it's I was weird, like. weird, but I, I was like. I really like it. I was like, what the fuck? But I, I didn't dislike it and I don't dislike it now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're absolutely right. It's best to look at it as like, this is the one with a mental break. Um, and you kind of have to, you can't, put logic onto it yeah. because like it That's doesn't I mean about it, it doesn't make any logical sense on any level like max pushes her out a window she falls to the ground max brushes off his shoulder and walks away now didn't he think someone was going to investigate that see the body etc etc yeah whatever she falls out a window obviously she's not going to survive that cats 
revive her, bring her back to life. That doesn't make any sense. What is going on here? None of the, these images make any kind of logical sense, yeah. but I think it works in the kind of like dream, bizarre Tim Burton dream logic of the movie, and it's mm-hmm. arguably when the movie definitively becomes a Tim Burton movie um, mm-hmm. rather than just a movie in the Batman franchise, which is overall one of my favorite things about Batman Returns is that it's it's really the director putting his own aesthetic and his own stamp yeah. on the material way more than he did in the original. And ultimately that's kind of what made it not work with Eisenhower. I think so. Yeah, but that's what I that's always what I love about the it. Like studio, we were talking about Ryan Johnson's Star Wars movie. Like I want to yeah. see someone's weird take on the material. You know, yeah. why why hire a director if you're not going to But you can understand it. why they don't want to invest absolutely, in some absolutely, okay. Yeah. Um but no, yeah, no, I, I I agree. I kind of like it for the same reasons too is that it's just give him free reign. And I, I think about that with, because I was into like the technology, Batman's technology oh, and yeah. stuff. And if you think about, like, go, go to Chris Nolan stuff. Every little bit of it right. has some sort of tie to reality. Right. Which, you know, that works in those movies. And yep. that's interesting, too. You look at Batman's technology in these movies, it's like cartoon logic. Yes. Batman can, like, press a button and his car, like, flips around. Right. You know, like... And I, even in Kevin Smith's commentary too, he's like, "Oh, here we go with like the I'm going to put one thing in my car that I can only use once." Like, right? Yeah, but that's what it is. Oh, like, it's all gags. <laughs> it's all gags. Like he came from directing. It, I think it's in the same world as like uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Hundred percent. It's like Pee Wee has a magic bow tie. That, <laughs> all of the action, but and, it, it works. Yeah, in that all of the action reality and the fight scenes are just a series of gags. Yeah. That Tim Burton came up with. Every one of them is yeah. like a gag. But that makes... Because even he said in his commentary... Well, not just all commentaries, mm. but... He's said that, like, he's not an action director. And oh, that like, is and that's apparent. Like one thing. That is apparent but, from this movie, and it's not a fault of the movie. No, I think it actually... What makes it interesting is, like, after a while, people just get so used to action scenes. And mm-hmm. they just start repeating over and over yep. and over again the same things. Maybe a little variation on the theme. Maybe something else happens. These are weird action scenes. Yeah, they're like quote unquote action scenes. Yeah, they're not. I like really. them. Yeah, like they're they're too. they're pointed and it's like a thirty second maybe moment or something. I'm thinking of like his when the penguin takes control of his, the Batmobile. Yeah. It, it is a little funky because it's like what is the penguin doing at this point? <laughs> right, and what and talk about stakes. It's like. What is at stake at this moment? Right. I think is, he's trying is to, Batman going to die? I think he's trying is he to frame gonna, Batman, isn't he? He, he is, but then <laughs> why is Batman so like worried at that point? Like, who cares? Who cares? And then earlier he says, we're going to turn his uh, Batmobile into an H-bomb on wheels. Uh-huh. Like, is he going to blow him up? Right. Is he going to like drive him off a cliff? Now, none of this is going through your brain right, as right, you're right, like watching right, the movie. Right, right. But, I mean, it, <laughs> it was a little bit of that funky logic. Like, yeah. what, what exactly was happening there? Yeah. But it's it's interesting because you don't see that in another... Like, another action movie would be uh, just have... A, or another Batman movie would just be like, have someone chase Batman. Right. Or have Batman chase them. And you have the biggest, most elaborate, like, yeah. jumps and crashes. And yeah. Like that. This is like he's, like, trapped in his car. Yeah. <laughs> like, his his weapon. It's, yeah. like, it's like if Tony Stark's suit was, like, you know... Right. Going against him. Or, like, he couldn't control it. Yeah. So it's like, it makes, and then he flips the little switch and his car like breaks uh-huh. apart and he goes, and I'm like, I love that moment too. Yeah, there's so much like that, like almost. But it's like, that's not like a stereotypical Oh no, I know. All. It, it, 100%. But it, it works. Yeah. So it's like, take a guy who's not really an action director, more of like an art director, and tell him to like make an action. Love it. An action scene. Yeah. And that's kind of what they all are. That's what the, uh, the first Batman movie is like yeah. too. If you look at it, like. 
why is this Batman movie not an action movie? It right. is. It has like a few of those little moments in it. Right. But those little moments, like you could tell, they put a lot of thought into yeah. them. So yeah, I think it works on that level too. Being I, an action, I a hundred percent agree. It's it's uh, every like scene where Batman is 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 fighting or, or anything like that is has an element of comedy. To well, it. keeping and also keeping him out of it for a little while makes mm-hmm. him when he comes back in like all the more important. And you're like, okay, this is in here for a reason. Like this isn't like Batman's story necessarily. Which is a weird way to go with Batman movie, but it's like it's more like I don't know, like they they're keeping him in the background for a reason, so that when something like the action pops up, you're like, oh, now here we go again, right? Or you're like you're waiting for it. Yeah, I don't know. That makes it sound kind of like stupid. No, I think like, that's that like makes oh, sense. I just want to see the action. Like you're just waiting for that. Uh-huh. But I don't know. I, I, it makes for an interesting mix. Yeah, I agree. I just, I, it's weird to have like a guy who's not really an action director and like here, you helm the Batman movie, which you would think like give that to like fucking James Cameron or somebody. But at that time, um, it wasn't. There was really no formula for what a mainstream blockbuster superhero movie should be. Yeah, and in a way, he kind of set the template. Absolutely, I don't think he gets enough credit for that. Yeah, um, and. You know, Batman. Like, now, you know, nerds have taken over the world, and they take their, their nerd stuff very seriously. They've all got a podcast. But at the time, before uh, the first Tim Burton Batman, it was kind of like, well, how seriously should we take this, mm-hmm. right? Like, the, the 60s um, thing, which was a briefly, for a few years, a mm-hmm. big hit, um, that was a, a parody. That was camp, right? Because that, yeah. that was the only way it would have been conceivable to do a yeah, live action. That original series is a comedy series. Yeah, like how do you make a superhero for adults live action? Well, you've got to make it funny. You can't, mm-hmm. take it ser- you can't take a superhero seriously. So they made it camp, and it was a big hit. And when Well, didn't the first one come out right after The Dark Knight Rises? Or not Dark Knight Rises. I'm thinking movies now, but Dark Knight Returns. Um. Yeah, it probably was I think close it was. to that time. Yeah, so like the, in the comics, the character had gotten very dark. So it was kind of like going in that direction. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. But the, now you watch them, and they don't seem dark at all. They seem rather kind of quirky and yeah. whimsical. And but but that was a big question. I th- I assume I think at the time is probably for the audience and for the filmmakers. Like, how seriously do we take this? What do we want out of a superhero movie? Mm-hmm. What is what should the costume look like when you put it on the big screen yep. versus on the page? Oh, that, or that Batman cartoon. costume is like so iconic and too. so influential. That's how you did superhero movie mm-hmm. costumes for, to some extent, to this day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like they were really kind of inventing it as they went along. And Tim Burton's particular sensibility, kind of comedy, kind of horror, kind of taking it seriously, but kind of not really was perfect. Yep. It was the perfect way to go. Um, well, the one he made right... Well, now we'll talk about the original one, but yeah. I'll get back to the second one. The one... Because I was just really curious. I was kind of like on a little Tim Burton kick for a while, like leading up to this. And I bought uh, Beetlejuice because I hadn't seen that in so long. Oh, I haven't seen that it was, forever. It was forever, but that was another one where it's like, God, I know every line in every scene because uh-huh. I watched it so many times as a kid. And I watched it again. I'm like, holy, this is good. Like, yeah. It, like... I was just saying, like, don't hand this art student Tim Burton your Batman franchise action movie. But if you watch Beetlejuice, you're like, oh, man, this guy needs to do Batman. Like, you can tell it's, like, a good calling card for it. Like, you can tell what a good fit for Hmm. it it is. 
I need to watch that again because that that movie did not. Oh, loom. It's so good. Yeah, see that movie did not loom as large for me. I That's actually haven't seen Beetlejuice that. I haven't seen times. it in a long time, but I'd seen it many times yeah. when I was a kid. I think that like Beetlejuice became kind of. It was one. Of, remember, like when we were kids, like. Everything was like a Saturday morning cartoon. Oh, yeah, there was a Beetlejuice. And I think that's how I like first got introduced to Beetlejuice. Oh, okay. And then I saw the movie, and I was like, oh, I like it, but it's weird. <laughs> that's the guy who played Batman. Like, so, it's good just in terms of like just like, even the story, too. And there's good action in Beetlejuice, too. Like, man, we should watch Beetlejuice. I would love to do that for... I just watched it recently. Maybe we can do that like, for a... Ho- if we don't get good. to it before then, let's do it for a Halloween for for next or this year, Beetlejuice, okay. Beetlejuice, because I want to watch. Isn't that really a cult or a dumpster? <laughs> no one's no one's throwing Beetlejuice in the dumpster. No one's throwing Batman Returns in the dumpster. Oh, yeah, okay, here we that's are. True. That's true. All right, there are so many things I like about this movie, and I feel like we've been talking forever. I feel like we got to do like a quick lightning round, greatest hits, awesome things about this movie that we want to mention. Let me get out of the way. Um, how amazing the villains look. The makeup yeah. on Danny DeVito. I think they won an Oscar for that. I hope so. I think they did. Classic. I know they were nominated. I'm not sure. If they Iconic. Um, he, he's a great movie monster. Yeah. Um, he is a complete original creation for this. Oh, yeah. Film. That, that, penguin that is, is not, not the penguin, penguin in the comics. Yeah. Um, this grotesque kind of gargoyle. Mm-hmm. Amazing. It also doesn't necessarily make sense with penguins either. But. No, not, nothing makes None of this. I think we've established there's a lot. And is, is the Red Triangle Circus Gang, that's from the comics, right? Ooh, that I don't know. Is it? I, I think okay. I only know it from the movie, but it, it very well could be taken from the comics. Okay, I'm not sure. I yeah. thought that was a cool Yep, we, we haven't it. mentioned that either, but like yeah. the penguin is in charge of this circus the, or this criminal circus. I guess mm-hmm. they actually are a circus. But yeah. like, so oh, you're a freak show. Yeah, so you've got all these other freaks doing freaky yeah. things. Very Tim Burton-y. I love it. Yes. Um, <laughs> and the the best-looking Catwoman, in terms of costume. Yeah. Although it might be, I in, think so might be in terms of woman, too. Um, yeah. God, I love that Catwoman costume. Yeah, I Again, think so too. 100% original. I mean, yes, she wears black leotard, but like the stitching and the black leather amazing it yeah. looks so good so absolutely had to get that out of the way the, the yeah i agree i think that look of honestly like villains. i think that's probably the best even though it's hard to look at the best penguin design like he's like kind of oh, like, absolutely. I, well, I don't mean hard to look at like it's a bad design i just mean like he's, he's like gross disgusting yeah he's it's grotesque. like in the same way that the toxic avenger is cool looking yes you know, but. yeah it's amazing. So I had to get out that all the way. I guess we've already talked about the acting. I think the... the person- oh, Michael Keaton. Yeah, see, it's like if you put him in the background, it's like you almost forget about him. But just the he's few great. scenes that he's in, he's, he's amazing. He's, he's absolutely great. fantastic. Yeah. Um, I, the, only, the one we, I think, need to say a little bit more about is Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, I oh, think yeah. she's terrific in this because she's... I didn't realize how much of a dual role it is, but I was actually reminded of um, the first Superman movie. With Christopher Reeves, oh yeah, bouncing between yeah. his brilliant, truly brilliant Clark Kent and Superman, two completely different characters. Yeah, he completely owns those roles. She's doing the same thing here with the added uh, complexity of as the movie goes on, she loses control yeah. of those personalities and they start to merge and she's not quite sure where one ends and one begins and that that kind of escalates as the movie goes along Mm -hmm. because it's not as simple as like when she's wearing the Catwoman outfit she's 100% Catwoman and when she's not she's 100% Selena Kyle well that's why I like that that when you say that she's kind of just an agent of like chaos like just doing whatever 
they know that. They yeah. acknowledge it. Like in that scene that you're talking about, another good scene where they're at that ball, mm-hmm. where she is at the gun on her, and he's oh, like, yeah. "Why did you bring this? Like, why did you bring a gun?" Right. She was going to kill Max Shrek, right. and then she's like trying to talk herself out of it. She's like, "I don't even know who I am anymore." Well, yeah, like, she, she's... you could tell like this is. This is the story that they're going and, and for. And she's got that. And then there's that one point where um, she's she's standing outside the the window, um, and 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 she's looking at her reflection, and she's alone, and she's saying like, "What are you? Oh yeah, yeah. What are you doing?" And yeah. then Bruce Wayne comes up, and they yep. have their little yeah. interaction. So many great scenes with her. And then the scene where that I mentioned earlier, where she first comes back, and Max Shrek realizes that she's back. Everyone is great in that scene, yeah. Um, because you have she's her, all bandaged up. She, she's been this mousy, like nervous, like secretary. Yeah, she's good at. It. She's like the Clark Kent. Amazing. Yeah. And then she comes back after having this experience, um, and she is a hundred percent. call it trauma. Even though she's not in costume. She's mm-hmm. Selena Kyle, quote unquote. She's a hundred percent Catwoman in that scene. She is in charge. Max is thrown off at his game because he's like, "Oh shit, I thought I killed this woman." She has all this dirt on me. And Bruce Wayne is completely smitten and undone and forgetting to take his coat when he smitten? leaves. He's totally smitten. It's charming, but you know, the, it's like that though. It has elements. I thought you were going with the kitten. It has elements of like a classic, like uh, romantic comedy with those yeah. two. The the great. It scenes, does feel a little like. I think of that scene like a Preston Sturgis kind of e, yes. <laughs> like cartoon reality. But like that's oh, what I, I think love about it. with it. But I, oh, love I like that. it. I'm yeah. not saying that as a criticism. That's, to me, that's just, the note to play. I'm just saying, like, if you have a problem with that, that's kind of the vibe that they're yes. going for. Yeah, like, if you, yeah, if you take your my, my Batman wouldn't be forgetting his coat when he leaves. <laughs> like, you know, I just yeah. like you need to like just relax a little bit. But and then and then again, oh, yeah, and she's like, I'm busy. He goes, well, I'm leaving. Well, and <laughs> the, the most, doors close on and him. the most, yeah, yeah, he's so funny. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's great. He's so funny, and and the most Preston Sturgis scene is when they are have their date. They're together in Wayne oh, yeah, Manor, yeah. and then he has to leave because he's Batman, and she that has to leave because she's Catwoman. Yeah. And then you already mentioned we see him getting ready. Totally cool. Totally stoic. Totally in charge. Has all the best equipment. Clean car. Nice suit, yeah. and she's frantically like struggling with her mm-hmm. purse, putting her costume on as she's driving in her shitty beat up car. Yeah. So like they're mirrors of each other, but they're not exact parallels. Yeah. And and she I read can, it as like she's trying to be like Batman, or she yeah, sees like this yeah. version that she should be, right? And she's kind of like a doppelganger, like a cop yeah, or like well, a copy of Batman. Yes. Who's not like not fully formed. Like an imperfect copy, like yeah. a bizarro. She's his bizarro. And Batman himself is kind of fucked up, if you think right. about it. So yeah. Right. But he doesn't necessarily come across that way in the No, movie. he keeps it together. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? We don't get into the angst of Batman, which yeah. I like. Yeah. Um and at first you think Selena Kyle is as together as Batman. Like she he is Batman, she is Catwoman. But as the movie goes along, yeah. you realize like, oh, she's really struggling with this, like who is she? What is she doing? Mm-hmm. Where does Selena Kyle end? Where does Catwoman begin? Mm-hmm. So I think it's the best performance in a movie of really all, for all the principal characters, all great performances. Mm-hmm. Even though Michael Keaton doesn't have much to do, he gets top billing in this movie for the first time. He was second billed yes. actor after Jack Nicholson in the first movie, of course. Um, but he is completely willing to like underplay, to be the straight man oh, yeah. for these villains. And and he just he brings it. That's and why Tim Burton said that he picked Michael Keaton because Michael Keaton was not anybody's choice because they're oh, like, yeah. we want the he said that they want the guy with the lantern jaw, yep. the guy that looks like the superhero. Yep. Michael Keaton does not. He's not ugly, but he's not. He doesn't right. look like he's that not type. Classically, like chiseled. Yeah, and 
Tim Burton was saying, like, yeah, you just see Michael Keaton just stay, he'll just be like, this is from when they were shooting Beetlejuice. He's like, yeah, you'll just see him there. You can tell he's like thinking about yes. something. Like, well, you can tell something's going on and behind that's that guy. The, and that's the and thing. And he could just be like, he said he's like, he could just be there like ordering something from mm-hmm. the, you know, like craft service or something. Oh, 100%. Like, you could see something behind the eyes and Batman was all about the eyes. Like that was his explanation. Well, because that's all you really can. Well, yeah, exactly. Eyes, I mean, yeah. that's what he meant. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that is, a, that is dead on because um, you can tell he is a great actor. Mm-hmm. By, by not, what he leaves out. And he's not doing much. Yeah. Um, so he's a very generous actor because he's letting Christopher Walken be Christopher Walken yeah. and Michelle Pfeiffer be Michelle Pfeiffer and Danny DeVito be Danny DeVito with all this outlandish makeup. And he's there and he's playing off of them, not trying to dominate them. I'm looking at you, Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey wow. and Batman Forever. Well, you know I'm what I mean? Leave Jim Carrey alone. But, <laughs> but you know Jones what I mean? Was... It's the cast is all just doing great work, complimenting each other, working together. Good ensemble. It's a terrific ensemble. Mm. And Christopher Walken, of course, is, is there being Christopher Walken. So um, yeah, just terrific performances. I like that comparison though with um, Christopher Reeve. As... I thought of that when I watched the movie. Because yeah. I remember when I rewatched. I mean, I've seen the original Superman a lot of times too, but. The most recent time when I rewatched it, I was like, God, like, if you can give Oscars to Heath Ledger and stuff. I, mean, I know. Oh, yeah. And I know superhero movies didn't have the clout that they do now yep. or whatever, but if you watch him, like, forget that Superman is even in the yep. movie Superman. Watch him as Clark Kent. 100%. He made a choice. 100%. And it was, like, dead on, and yep. he played it perfectly. Yep. Like, those scenes with Clark Kent are amazing. Yeah, hilarious. He's just like so He's perfectly so square. Yep. Like it's like exactly what it should have been. Like, yeah, I love it. It's so good. It's so good. Another movie that found that perfect tone between how seriously yeah. should we take this? You and know? another one that was like not really an action movie for what it Not at all. <laughs> oh man, we yeah, there's so much. We'll, we got, Yeah, we I guess have, there's not really a comparison to draw, but we have got to put Superman to the side cuz once I get on the topic of the Superman movies, that's a whole Well, originally you're going to do Superman Returns I know. and, and once, Batman Returns. Once I get on that topic, this is going to be a four-hour episode. So the returns. We're gonna, I know. I wish we would have done that. We'll do Superman <laughs> Returns later. Um, okay, we'll stick to Batman. All right, this is going to be like a, an epic discussion. I just wanted to mention one more time how much I love Penguin running for mayor as a subplot. <laughs> okay, like, I, I don't get it. Why is that so great? I just think the whole because it's so ludicrous. The whole idea of it is so funny. And but then, what is the movie's logic <laughs> that wants? Like, well, I talk. What is it? No, but, but but seriously, like, what is Max Shrek's logic within the context of the movie? What is his logic in getting this thing nominated? Or not even nominated to, to, to win. <laughs> not not even just to run. He need, he right. wants he him needs to win. the mayor, and not only just win win in in like this a, is the horse that he's betting a non-election on. season. They're gonna oust the the current yes. sitting mayor yes. through some kind of scandal, and then like put the. I feel like when place. I watched it too, there was some there's like Trump parallels. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, but like, what is Max's? Well, he needs the mayor out of there, and I get, yeah. I no, get, I know that, but what is his thinking process in taking oh, why this? The why this person? Yeah, but the, is I, it because he's <laughs> going to blackmail him? So he's like, he's like double crossing. He's I like think, flipping the blackmail. I think on him? their their goals are aligned, right? Like the penguin. I don't know what the penguin's goal. The penguin wants to enter Gotham society. 
Max needs the mayor out of the way. So Max is like, well, I got this penguin situation going. I'm not getting out from under this. But he's also the least likely person to be able to enter but society. that's what makes it so funny, Jordan. Don't you understand the comedy? The comedy of the situation. It's capital C comedy. Well, let me say this. I think it makes at least as much sense as Catwoman being revived by Catling here in Alley. Um, and I like it just as much. I think this, this movie doesn't hold up to logic, but and that's okay. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't care. For me, it's I don't worth care if it. Batman's grappling hook gun doesn't make any goddamn sense. I don't know. Sense. I just find it so funny. And then, like, because and then you've got this scene where like Max brings the penguin, who is this? Oh, yeah, see that? I don't... Oh, I love it. He's this grotesque, misshapen gargoyle eating a raw fish. Yeah. Um, with it like stuff all around his mouth. It's this disgusting troll and he brings him up here to to meet his committee who's yeah. going to help him become mayor and his his like public relations well, if you watch team. that if you watch that scene he comes down the stairs <laughs> he's like and in the, long underwear and dirty they, underwear yeah he's got like a <laughs> he's got a stain that yeah <laughs> and then it's disgusting and amazing <laughs> i love it but like i almost got like my retinas almost burned uh-huh. when i like you watch that movie and then the scene when they like explode and they show the rally that they're holding, right? And it completely changes color. Right. The movie, it's just like so. Like I get that's what they're going for, right. but it was like such a shock. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, to me, as a kid, I think, and maybe it's still a little bit in me. It 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 skews really darker than what I would normally hmm. like be into. Okay. Not that I'm against it or anything. Yeah. Because I thought about the, again talking about RoboCop, but like that tone of like disgusting like oh i almost don't want to like look mm-hmm. have that be in your movie mm-hmm. that you want to like watch and rewatch. Uh, to me it's a little odd okay that's interesting and that's that's coming from someone who like i watched a lot of like gross yeah. fucked up like shit right. too i'm not necessarily against that right i'm just saying it's a really weird fit like to but me, that's tim burton right like he does like it the, is but that gross scene, monster that particular scene kind of like i remember mm. as a kid thinking like what and he bites the guy's nose and there's like right. blood that like you actually see blood like oh, yeah. shoot out yes to me it was like does that really Something's belong here. here yeah for me it like it's it's an i off. guess it does because it's tim burton expressing i mean it's like a, what he wants to put in the an, movie uh, but. it's it's weird you know, yeah. it's very bold in a way. To I guess I don't movie. necessarily read it as like. I mean, I know it's supposed to be funny, but I don't necessarily See, read. I, it as... I read it as like a broad comedy that like totally works for me. I thought it, okay. I, I think I love the idea of the penguin running for mayor. I think that scene is hilarious. Um, I I love all that. Stuff. I just think it's so. And he tries to put the glo- put the gloves on him. He's like, oh, okay, right, well, okay, we'll, we'll try that again. We'll later. do this later. You know, <laughs> yeah. the whole thing—it's just so funny. And like, I, everything about the penguin running from Mary is just so ridiculous. For me, it totally works. I love that broad, ridiculous commentary. The people of Gotham so easily duped. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, that is actually that's the parallel I was thinking I love of Trump it. when it shows them reading the paper. It's like, yeah, I forget what it what it was, but it's like. They're they're buying whatever shit that's right. on the headlines. Well, when the penguin and I love when the penguin first uh, reveals himself to society. They they plan this oh, thing saved the baby, where yeah. the mayor's baby is kidnapped, and it's this you know this uh, a member of the circus gang, an acrobat, kidnaps the mayor's infant son, jumps into a sewer, and then 
people crowd around and you can hear him saying like, oh no, it's the hideous penguin man. And, like, and then, please don't hurt me, Mr. Penguin Man. Yes, and then the penguin like rises up on a rising platform with, yes. with the baby in hand. It's totally absurd. And the people of Gotham just 100% buy it. It totally works. Penguin is the front runner to be mayor of the city. It's just amazing. But then Batman destroys it all by playing this one tape and then the people yeah. completely turn on him and start throwing vegetables at him. I love it. I well, love I've, the broad I've been reading a lot of Batman stuff it. lately and it's like one thing that I keep coming back to is like Gotham City is fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that is great. Yeah. Like it's almost like, it's like a story about this city that is just like never gonna Right, no. This is the city that would cause rise to a guy who dresses like a bat fighting crime. Right. And it and it makes total sense with all like the villains. All the villains are fucked up. Right, like it's this dark mirror of Metropolis. Right, yeah. like Metropolis is like this perfect clean version of New York. And then and even then the Gotham in, in, City even, is even like, the civilians are just like it's almost like Springfield in The Simpsons. Where yeah. it's like every person is just like a dope or like messed up or like yeah. wrong or and a lot of mobs. Very easy to create a mob. You <laughs> yes. know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's like. And that is in the first two movies, and they kind of lose that with Joel Schumacher as right. they go on too, and with Christopher Nolan. And I know they're not trying to do that, but right. to me, like that was that's an interesting part of it too. Yeah, totally. Like you look at it, Max Schreck's secretary becomes a complete fucking crazy right. person who's <laughs> <laughs> like trying to murder him, and yeah. he pushes her out a window. Like I feel like if Superman ever had to come to Gotham City, he'd just like turn around and be like, ugh. You know, he's just like, yeah. good luck with all that. Now, that, that's a comedy movie. Watch Clark Kent come to yes. take a day visit. To but, the... but it has to be Christopher Reeves. Well, yeah, yeah. obviously. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, the new Superman, he'd be fine in Gotham City. But I want to see, He would like, blend right in. Yeah, I want to see, like, Christopher Reeves, clean costumes, yes. nerdy, bumbling. I want to see him wander into some Gotham City alley. So that's my intellectual analysis, that is that Gotham City is fucked up. <laughs> all right. Awesome, man. Well, I I really like this movie. I love this movie. Um, I'm going to stop. I like it a lot, too. For whatever I said that doesn't yeah. work, I I think it's pretty awesome. And I love that it takes place at Christmas. I love the aesthetic of the snow yeah, and, and all that Yeah, it came out in, stuff. it was a summer the movie. Summer, yeah. yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was totally like, let Tim Burton do whatever the hell he wants to. Yeah, well, and also I think that, like, the whole idea of, like, a Christmas movie didn't always, wasn't always what it is now. Like, yeah. now, now you get all these people who are like, oh, what's going to be my quirky Christmas movie? Oh, Die Hard is a Christmas movie, or Batman Returns, or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. That wasn't always such a big thing. You could just have movies set at Christmas, and it wasn't, like, yeah. you know what I mean? It wasn't, now I feel like it's, like, a thing, or well, I thought about because it it's like it's Shane Black's thing too. Yeah, he puts into scripts, but because people always ask him, why do you put, why do you set like all your movies at Christmas? And he's he always says like it's not supposed to be about Christmas. It's just like a layer that he yeah. adds to his film. It's texture. He did it once, and then he liked it. Yeah, and because then you, like you'll, it'll just come up randomly in some other scene. Like, yeah. Oh well, they're. Uh, trimming a tree, and then something yeah. happens to that because it's related yeah. to Christmas. It's not necessarily. And that's it, a, this movie's not about Christmas. No, but that's it's just exactly like a how it works here. It, it adds texture to the movie. What yeah. I like more even than Christmas is just like the snow, the aesthetic of it. Like I just think that gives it a really cool. Which again, they filmed in L.A., so it's like mm -hmm. why? <laughs> but it just gives it like, a cool. But I, like Tim it's Bird all very claustrophobic. They filmed like everything. On but it gives it one. It gives set. it a cool look, and it also had it serves the same purpose as like the reason they did the beginning of Empire Strikes Back in the snow is that it aesthetically, like, separates yeah. it and contrasts it to oh, the yeah. first Oh, yeah, I think of, like, the logo, too. The logo is the I'm, think, I'm absolutely thinking snow, of yeah. that. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. So, 
Very good movie. I'm stopping mm-hmm. just short of calling this a great movie. Okay. I, 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 I love that's it. Fair. I, I think it, it just totally holds up every every time I watch it. Great performances, great cinematography, wonderful movie. Apparently, yeah. great great music that I didn't pick up on. It'll probably be another week before I watch it again. Yeah, okay. But I thought it was okay. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, we talked a lot about that movie. Um, you have a Catwoman behind the scenes. Tidbit and I, well, I anything don't, I don't have it. Anything, it was... <laughs> anything else you want to mention about? Uh... Oh, one that I forgot actually is well, Catwoman was supposed to be Annette Benning, mm. but she got pregnant, so that's. Oh, but <laughs> actually, I'm not sure I didn't know that. And is and um and it's like I couldn't picture this no. movie with Annette Benning as Catwoman. I love, but so apparently, like they chose her, and they he said they were doing like costume fittings, and like they were wow. they were going ahead with it. That would have been interesting, and it was. And, uh, I thought it was weird because, like, the same thing happened with the original Batman 2 with um, what's it, Kim Basinger. Mm. Is it was supposed to be Sean Young. And she, like... I think okay, she, like, that's what I was... I had the she, Sean like, Young story mixed up with... Well, uh, that's... No, no, there's there's also another Sean Young story with it, too. Because she wanted to be Catwoman. Yes, but because she uh, broke her, like, leg, I think. Oh, okay. Or ankle. Something like that, so she couldn't be Vicky Vale. So they're like, okay, we'll give you another. They oh, kind of like kept her around, okay. and then, then the second they started ca- they started casting for the second one. And the famous oh. urban myth thing is that she, she, she showed up something. to the office. Uh-huh. No, she showed up to the audition for it in Catwoman. Okay, that's what Catwoman I thought costume. you were going yeah. for. That, that, that. But as far as I know, she wasn't really even like right. in the running to be it. They're like, oh yeah, they promised her something. That's like, one oh. of those like urban myth, yeah, like Hollywood. That's, that's the one I had heard. I don't. I must have heard that Annette Benning. Yeah, no, it, it was her. She was Catwoman. Man, that's hard so. to pick here. I, I don't think I can really. Do you think uh, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer is the best Catwoman? Like, oh, yeah. TV show? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yep. Well. I mean, there's not a lot of... The competition is a little scary. Well, like, you've got the, the two great actresses from the... Um, well, the three from the TV series, but like I'm, I'm talking about like the material that they had to work with. Yeah. I, I say that with like Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill. Is, right. You know... I, I, you almost can't tell. Right. <laughs> like, are they great actors? Right. Do they portray Catwoman great? I, right. I, they look good in the costume. Like, Fair. I, I don't. Fair. Know. Well, she looks the best in the costume. Yeah. And has the best costume. I'll yeah. give her that. So yeah, I. I, I mean, for what it, for what it's worth, like if you if I hear Catwoman, I the first thought goes to that. Yeah. The image of her, and, or I just like think of her as Catwoman. Yeah. So. Yeah. Very cool. So the other one I wanted to mention was the writer. Okay. Which, um, or one of the writers, because his apparently his script got changed a bunch of times, which is uh, Ooh, yeah, Daniel Waters, okay. who wrote uh, Heathers, which I had not ah, seen until just very recently. Yes, and I can't believe I hadn't seen that until recently. Yeah, we, Heathers uh, is amazing it's and extraordinary. I, I know it's like late to the party thing because right. everybody loves Heathers. But I know I feel the same way. But about Heathers it. is such a strong script and such a strong voice. It's and again, amazing. it's like it's amazing. And I guess Tim Burton saw Heathers and was like, whoa. I have another brother in the universe. Yeah, somewhere. like I should have made this, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he then hired him because Tim Burton. Very cool. Tim Burton had like whatever he like. The first Batman was such a success. They're like, Tim Burton, here you go. Do whatever the hell you want. Put it in snow. Put a big stain in the bottom of it. <laughs> <laughs> the penguin's pants. Right. Like do whatever the hell you want. And he picked Dan Waters. Love it. And I think Dan Waters, his original version is kind of this story. Like it's kind of. Uh, Focused on the penguin running for mayor. Yeah, I could see that. But then I heard like it got rewritten to like remove some of the like 
quirky dialogue. I could see that. Which okay. is, but that's bizarre because like that would be like the reason you hire Dan Waters. Well, but this is typical <laughs> studio thing. No, I, right? I, yeah. I know, but it's just, that's what I'm saying. It's just kind of like a weird, a yeah. stupid story. Like, yeah. yeah, it's a predictable story. Like, yeah, you can right. tell what happened, but. Just imagine, like, what would have happened if you would have just let Dan Waters, like, just make his movie. Yeah. Because to me, like, the best Tim Burton movie is Ed Wood, where it's, like, the marriage of, like, a beautiful-looking movie like this one is. Yeah. And just a great story. Yeah. Like, fully formed, that's it. Yeah. Like, that's the one thing preventing maybe this one from being... Yeah. Oh! Amazing. Yeah, you you wonder, like, what what would have... But yeah, Dan Dan Waters is the other one. Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that. I did I did not make yeah. that connection, and uh, we are 100 percent on the same page with Heather's. Uh, we both. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just something I heard about forever. Recently, I knew about it. Embarrassingly, we we didn't grow up with that. It's one of our cult classics. Mm-hmm. But uh, what a terrific film that is! Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely, very well written. Uh, the dialogue, forget about it. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, I right. think it's like the parent to Juno. Yes. And, and and a lot of other films too. Oh yeah, obviously. But uh, we're not here to talk about Heather's <laughs> or Juno <laughs> or, or Juno. Superman. <laughs> or, we, we do love a good tangent here on the dumpster dive. Um, all right, anything else at all to say about uh, Batman Returns? Nope. I feel like we should revisit it a, in a like a, a if not next year in a couple of years. Nothing else about Batman Returns. Now Batman Forever. Is all, <laughs> I, I want to talk about that one. We should do that one. My only comparison to Batman Forever, and I can go on okay. forever, but. It's that it's cool to look at. Yeah, and the I'll story that. is not good. Okay. So like that's all. Because that, earlier I said like I have a comparison to make yep. between the two, and those are like the only connections I yeah. can find with them. Like I'm not going to defend it as being a great movie. This one I will a little bit just because it's got more going on yeah. for it too, like the score and and performances yeah. and everything. So. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to watch that episode of our old podcast where we talked about oh, the, all the Batman the four Batman movies. I'm like, what what was our take on Batman? I probably had an opposite opinion. Like, I can never like nail yeah, it down. I wonder. Um, all right. Well, if uh, if we're ready to put a put a pin in Batman Forever or Batman Returns, sorry. For, <laughs> for now, we will uh, you know we'll we'll be watching it again soon probably. Uh, we can move on to our uh, Beyond the Dive segments and. Uh, Wrap this, wrap this up finally because we're, we're all running, probably running a little long, but that's all right. No, that's kind of normal, it's, actually. It's, it's Christmas or it's after yeah. Christmas or whatever we're doing. Can here. you imagine if it was this and, and Superman Returns? Yeah, you're right. That would have been, been too much. I personally was excited to talk about Superman Returns, though. So Put a pin in that. We're going to put a pin in that, and uh, hopefully uh, if the fans demand it, we will we will eventually be discussing that. Are you here? I'm talking to you. Yes. Let Dude. us know. <laughs> um all right, do you want to throw out uh, your uh, Beyond the Dive? This is where we discuss something that may or may not be related to the Okay, to well, my, mine is, so okay. I don't know if you want to actually, like... Um, well, do yours first, then, because mine really isn't, but they, there ended up being a little, a very little uh, connection. Okay. Well, I want to talk about something that you don't necessarily know a lot about, which is comic books. Ah, oh, I, cool. Because I bought, um, I think it was that uh, YouTube show that you watched that... Kayfabe? Cartoonist Kayfabe. Cartoonist Kayfabe. Yeah, we, well, let's plug them. I a, saw a great, great uh, YouTube channel uh, yeah. for people who take comics seriously and have good taste. It's really fun to They do, like, good versions of, like, those shitty, like, unboxing videos. Right. But they do, like... It's like what you wish an unboxing video I was. I seriously have yeah. bought... <laughs> this one I actually did buy, but it's not the one that they showed, but it got me thinking about it. 
It was Batman Black and White. Oh, yes. Which is that old, the collection, which I only had, the, the, I think, the first four issues of it. That's the kayfabe effect. You watch the channel. Yeah. And, uh, well, I'm telling you, like, that, that's why I'm saying it's a good version. All right, well, this they, is they sell it. This is perfect for this episode. Like, honestly, I was just, I watched one with the Max, that big collection. Uh-huh. At two, and I looked it up, and it was like $250, and I was almost like, <laughs> that might be worth it. Yeah, like, like I can <laughs> swing that. I can so, swing yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> I didn't, but... <laughs> But I bought the Batman Black and White Omnibus. Okay. Which, like, I think I knew, but I didn't have all of these. Yeah. It's like 800 pages. Yeah, see, I didn't think that there was that much Batman Black Well, I guess there were more, like, I think there are like, series of four issues. Mm-hmm. And I remember I had the first four, and I loved them. So to explain what, I mean, Batman Black and White is exactly what it sounds like. It's Batman um, Black and White is just, like, it's a black and white comic, but it's, like, a bunch of different creators, artists, and writers take just, like, their... Give them free reign. Yeah. Just, like, make a short little Batman story. And I think they're all, like, eight pages or and something. It's, it's, they're given some sort of restraints, like, it's only eight pages. And that was but, it. But I think that was the only restraint, because they, they, oh, yeah. they didn't have to tie it into continuity or anything like that. Yeah. And it, it was A-list cartoonists doing Oh, doing it was everybody. Yeah. Like, I, I made a... I'm not going to read my list, but right. I made a list. Because I, I knew you were going to ask me, like, who are, like, the really good creators mm-hmm. in it. And I knew I was going to blank on it. But right. there's so many, like, artists you can think of... Anybody basically who's worked on Batman, and a lot of people who haven't. Like, Bruce, it's just Bruce like everybody. Tim is in there, one of your favorites. Bruce Tim is like, that was almost kind of the reason why I bought the first mm-hmm. issue. Cause, and that is one of the best stories, which Batman's not even in. Yep. Which shows like, because on that uh, uh, kayfabe episode, they were talking about how malleable the Batman character yes. is. And that's kind of why I was thinking about doing Batman Returns, too. Because it's like, you could do so right. many different versions of it. And it's too, like... Mixed results sometimes. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And, yeah. and sometimes so everyone's maybe maybe you prefer a more serious Batman. Yeah. Maybe you prefer Christopher Nolan. Maybe you like the '60s TV show. But it's like it's all kind of Batman, which makes him the perfect character for this kind of anthology you're talking about. Yeah, and it's it's like totally they're like little noir stories. Mm-hmm. Like for the most part, I mean, some are like cartoons. Right. Like they have cartoons doing it, and they have. They're really dark. There are serious ones. There's cartoony ones. It's like it's just all over the map. Mm-hmm. There's some where Batman's not even in it. Mm-hmm. I remember there's like a, a Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy story. Like Batman's in a panel. Right. That Bruce Tim one you're talking about. Batman Bruce T- or uh, Bruce Wayne's in it, mm-hmm. and Batman's like in the background of one panel. Yeah, it just kind of shows like how rich like this whole yeah. universe is. Yeah. Um, but I I bought it for like I think it was like seventy bucks, which mm-hmm. is normally like. It's an expensive comic book. I wouldn't necessarily spend that much normally. Yeah. Because I've kind of just been going back and, like, revisiting shit. Because mm-hmm. like, I don't know a lot about comics Yeah. nowadays. Right. But I've been kind of going back and seeing, like, what, what was I into? What what hooked me so much? Right. And I've I remember a little a bit of, of Batman too. Black and White. I remember really liking it, but I don't. I wasn't quite sure, like, why. Mm-hmm. It was just like, or I was just kind of like, see, is my memory right? Right. Was it really good? And, you know, it's. There are some really great stories in there. Yeah. It reminded me of when I watched, um, I went back and watched the old Twilight Zone black and white mm. show. Or like old Star Trek shows. Where you're like, how could they possibly like wrap this up? Or this is not going to make any sense. And you get to the end and you're like, fuck, they did it again. Right. And those Twilight Zone shows, there's like a hundred, there's like hundreds of them. Yep. I think like in three seasons, well not hundreds, but like over a hundred of them. And they're all, like, to varying degrees, again, of course. Like, some work and some don't. But it's, like, like, like master class in storytelling. Like, what works about this one that doesn't work about this one? There's And just 
speaking in terms of like Batman Returns, it's just beautiful to look at. Yeah. It's just like I can like it's the best seventy bucks I ever spent on a comic. Nice. Because you can just like eight hundred pages, I think it's more than that even. Just flip through it. It's just like a beautiful looking oh, comic book. Man, like, you're selling it. I wish I would have had you every had other, you bring it over today. Every other page it's like, you know, some artists are better than others and some but for the most part I think it's just like it's amazing. It's an amazing piece it's of It's a good uh, for an anthology, it's a very good hit to miss yep. ratio, it sounds like. And I like it with, like little stories where you can just like I don't, my attention span is not that great, right. so I like a little. You can pick it up and read it. And, yep. I don't know. I, I was kind of impressed, like how much of it does work. Right. So yeah, know. that's it. The Batman, the uh, Batman, black and white, blah, 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 blah. Blah. the Batman, black and white omnibus. Sounds great. I, I love it because, like, um, like you say, you you don't keep up with like current like comics so much anymore. Very peripherally, and and so much of like what like Marvel and DC are putting out seems to me to be like very like continuity heavy and it's all about mm-hmm. like the soap opera and the events and, and all this yeah. kind of stuff and I love the idea of like I can be into that too but this is just like a different but animal. I love that I love the idea of like these stories are all done in one they're not connected to anything yep. else because I, I feel like that that kind of writing is like you have to be a good writer because there's you don't have the continuity or the cliffhangers to hide behind yep. you know what I mean it's just the work itself like well, those old Star Trek episodes like those old Twilight Zone episodes I more and more as I get older, I love that style of storytelling. Just like beginning, middle, end, and end, get in, get out. Are you a good enough writer? Are you a good enough artist to like sustain interest just based on the craft of this story? Well, what I've, I've noticed with that actually, and this is really good to like learn about storytelling, is there's almost no difference in telling a story that's 10 hours long versus a comic book story that's like eight pages hmm. long. It's essentially it's the same thing. Yeah, like they follow the same sure. formula. It's the to, same three act structure. There's a billion different. Yeah, actually, not even a billion. There's endless combinations of how do you get from point A to point B, but essentially it's all the same. Like mm-hmm. it just depends how quickly you can sum something up. Mm-hmm. Like that's something that I noticed from reading, and it's interesting to read like ones that don't work too, because you right. want to be like, oh, that was shit. But if you can look at it and be like. Why did this not work in this one? Right. Didn't? Like there are some of them where it's like um, John Burns one is in there. Oh, John Burns one. He does. He does. I didn't even know he did. One. I'm on a John Byrne kick right now. Because like I said, this is 800 pages. Oh, I, I only I only knew about the first like. Yeah, I thought it was like a four issue twenty maybe or something, or something like yeah. it was. But then they did they another one going, and another yeah. one. Um, his comes later on, and there's artists in there that are like, oh, fuck, I wish I would have known. I've always thought Byrne and Batman would be a great match, but he's he's done the character very rarely. But see, this is the problem that, when well, I'm talking about, like, good and bad, it's like, John Byrne is, like, good, he's a great writer, too, actually, was what I said yeah, I as well, so. but um, his is not that great. And honestly, mm-hmm. even his art in it is not great, that mm-hmm. great. So, I mean, like, just not his... Best stuff. Right. I'll, I'll say. Like, yeah, I get it. Better than that's what I can draw. That's fine, yeah. But uh, that's what I mean. Just like you never know, like, mm-hmm. mixed results mm-hmm. going into it. Like, you think, like, oh, wow, this this is my favorite artist. I'm like, right. Oh, he can't write. Right. <laughs> I'm not saying that about John right, Byrne, right, but, right. like, that's kind of what you but get. But then maybe someone you hadn't heard of so much, like, ends up being the yes. stand-up. Yes, and I was going to ask you about, well, okay, whatever, we go way off. Topic. We don't want to get too. We don't want to get too deep into comics. Yeah. but let's let's poor, just say like there are people who tuned tuned in for a movie podcast. Like, what the fuck are they talking? There about? are artists in there where, who I've never heard of, and I was like, oh god, now I gotta like find nice. out who this guy well, is. And go. that's like that's perfect. perfect. That's what I wanted yeah, it for. Perfect, it's like perfect. 
giving you a million different like inroads. The, the two pieces I remember, and I haven't, re- I only read like probably the first issue, couple issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I, I read the first four when it first came out. Was like I remember the Alex Ross drawing. He doesn't even do a story. He oh yeah, he has a drawing. Yeah, that's in there. Which 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 is he does do a story too. Oh, he does. Mm-hmm. But but I remember that drawing, which is like an inside cover in the original. A comic book. Yeah, that's with, been used many times. Yeah, and it's become. I, I was saying it's become like um um in in the Dark Knight. Frank Miller has the the pearls from Batman's mother, and they break when she's yeah, killed. Yeah. That has become iconic. That's associated now with Batman's origin in every iteration. When Batman of, he takes feel, his costume off. He's got all. He's the got scars. all the scars. Yeah. And it was one of those like what I always call a million dollar idea. One oh, of those yeah. things like no one had ever drawn that before, as far as I know. Don't come at me, comic book fans. But like you see it, and you're like, of course. Like, of course Bruce Wayne has scars because he's a normal man. And to capture that in that one image in Alex Ross's realistic style, mm-hmm. it was so good. And I, I've seen that pop up in, in other incarnations of Batman. Oh, there's so many good stories. I'm not going to get into it. Yeah, we can go through the whole anthology. Get it. Get it. It's worth it. All right. Well, I'm going to be super brief on mine because at this point... I went on too long. No, no. At this point in the recording, it's been a while since I've watched it. Okay. Um... But it ties into what we've been talking about because it's black and white. We were talking about Batman black and white. Mm-hmm. And there is a reference to this film, very subtle, very brief, in Batman Returns. And I didn't know that that's not why I chose this movie. I was okay. going to talk about this anyway, but then it was in Batman Returns. So I'm like, oh, that's perfect. I'll talk about that as my dumpster dive. So when Penguin's, um, his Penguin is unmasked as a fraud and he cannot become mayor and he retreats. The elephant into man? The Yes, he says, I am not a man, I am an animal, which is, of course... Why, a, the, why the elephant? I mean, inverse, The Elephant Man's a great movie. It's an inverse of the famous line from The Elephant Man, directed by the great David Lynch. Oh, sorry, I, I stole your... Uh, no, 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 not at all. Um, <laughs> that so, is a great movie. Though. Yeah, I'm impressed that you, you guessed it. Um, it is great. Well, the, and that's why I wanted to talk about it. I'd seen it before. I'm a big David Lynch fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd seen The Element Fit Man before when I first started to get into David Lynch, and I liked it. Um, but I was more kind of dazzled by his more David Lynch. Oh, yeah, and this is very straightforward. It's pretty straightforward. It is very straightforward. Yeah. You know, it was his second movie after Eraserhead, which, oh, was is, really which is really a, a student film, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, like, didn't... Um, who produced it? It's like... Um, it's someone you wouldn't expect. I want, I want to say... Someone associated with comedy. Mel Brooks. I want, yeah, I kept want, I want to say Mel Brooks, but I didn't want to be. I wrong almost said about Max that. Brooks, his son. But yeah, Mel Mel, Mel Brooks. Brooks. Yeah. Um, yeah, he who who is a, a serious film person too. Right. Um, and so he had a production company. I forget what it was called, but he's like, I can't put my name on this too prominently because mm-hmm. people think I'm I made my career in comedy, but I love serious art films. And David Lynch um, tells a story about like. Um, how when he was being considered for the director, because this is a work for hire, it's not a mm-hmm. David Lynch, you know, original. Um, he uh, he's like, okay, well, I think they they want you, but like Mel wants to see what you've done. He didn't do this instead of Return of the Jedi. Or no, I'm not. Sure. Space, I don't right? think so. I'm not sure on the, the timeline. <laughs> I'm trying to that. think of the timeline. I feel like he did Dune instead of that, but I'm not. Oh sure yeah, about that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but this, so this is very early in David. Lynch. So this is a big step in his career. I didn't realize it was the second one. So like he. Um, they said, like, well, Mel Brooks wants to see what you've done, you know, and all he'd done was a racer head. And David Lynch says, he's like, I was like, well, it's been nice knowing you, because he assumed, like, Mel Brooks sees a racer head. He's like, what the hell is this? Yeah. But um, Mel Brooks 
loved it. He thought David Lynch was a maniac and a genius, which oh, that's like when I was talking about Beetlejuice and the first Batman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like <laughs> that. those are very those are much closer related. Yeah. Um. So I watched it again because it was on. I was talking to you before we started recording about the Criterion, oh, the Criterion. channel. They put up the whole Criterion edition of it. Which is mm -hmm. why, why I know all this behind-the-scenes stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm like, this is a perfect opportunity. Oh, I was right. It was Mel Brooks? Yeah. Okay. This is the perfect opportunity to watch it again. And, um, man, I was blown away by mm -hmm. how good this movie yeah, was. Yeah, I've seen it a few times. I remember it would be on... I saw it on AMC when I used to Yeah. Um, so John Hurt as the Elephant Man. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Moving performance. More of that mask acting like uh, Michael it's, Keaton it's does. It's unbelievable. It's so touching and moving. It's such a great story. I don't mm -hmm. need to like tell anyone the story of the Elephant Man. The cinematography is... Yeah. I mean, this was like... I mean, if you're Mel Brooks or like if you were haunting art house cinemas when Eraserhead came out, you knew David Lynch was a genius. But this was like his debut into like Hollywood. Mm -hmm. um, and man, is it a case for him as like, I, I think with David Lynch is like, it's easy to say like, oh, he's so weird. You know what I mean? And well, that's the way I used to. When I was a kid, that's kind of what was my take. Even for people who love him though. You know, mm -hmm. even for David Lynch fans. It took I me think, watching Twin Peaks to get it. Yeah, I think David Lynch fans even can be like, oh, I, I love quirky things. I'm a quirky person. It's so weird. And it's like, it is, but my God, does he know his way around a, a camera? Does he know how to direct actors? Does well, it's kind of like that the short story, long story thing I'm talking about. Like the weird, I feel stupid calling them like weird art house like films. Yeah. Well, uh, I think it's, it's and, fair and to the, call a racer head weird. And the straight, <laughs> well, I know, but it's just like, I don't watch a movie just because it's weird. Right. You know, like I'm not, that's not what I'm looking for. Right. If something is, um, like they're cut from the same cloth. Like, this, the same tools that you used to make a racer head, you used to make. Like, you used to make the Elephant Man. Yep. Like, they work in the same way. A talented filmmaker can do that. I'm not yes. saying just, like, anybody can use yeah. these tools, but you see that it's kind of essentially cut from the same cloth. Yeah, so I guess I... Totally right. So I guess Like, I Mel Brooks can see that. Yeah. He sees, like, this comes from the same yep. place. Yep. So I, I guess I would sell The Elephant Man to the people like me, who maybe haven't seen it for a You're while. You're recommending it to you. I'm recommending it to people who are, have exactly my life experience and perspective, uh, the same economic class, <laughs> like people like me, which is, frankly, probably most people listen to this podcast. But um, no, pe but people who maybe like have been in love with like the more out there David Lynch material, mm -hmm. go back and look at The Elephant Man to really remind yourself just what a, a pure, beautiful filmmaker he is. Oh, yeah. And, and this is of a piece with... There, there's weird David Lynchy stuff in here. You know, it's like... It's of a piece with his entire body of work. It, it's just a beautiful film. And it's one I, I just happened to watch recently. Hmm. So I... You know, that's, that's funny that they mentioned it. In, I, I know, because I, 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 I had had a couple things. I was like, I talk about this, I can talk about that. And I was like, I think I'll do The Elephant Man. And then when Danny DeVito made that reference in Batman Returns, I was like, oh, that's perfect. It's a sign I'm supposed to mention The Elephant Man. So, um, David oh, no, Lynch, that's a great... That's David Lynch has been one of my favorites for a long time. He's I think I saw it before I knew who David Lynch mm -hmm. even was. And I was like, wow, I was like blown away by yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, after great. I got into Twin Peaks, I went back and watched, watched them all. Mm -hmm. Although I still haven't seen Dune to this day. 
Um, that I have seen, I remember absolutely nothing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it's like, that's why I've never gotten around to it. But um, no, I, the Elephant Man has—it's always been like, okay, yeah, it was good, but it, it has gone way up in mm. my ranking. It's been a while since I've seen actual. Yeah, it's again. definitely worth watching again. It's it's mm. so good, like just the sound design, and it was it was a, a big hit. It was nominated for several Oscars. Oh yeah. It allowed David Lynch to to live in that world, then the world of like big mainstream Hollywood, where he mm. could direct Dune. He could be offered Return of the Jedi and turn it down. He didn't feel like he sold out, quote unquote. No, I don't think he looks at it like that. I okay. think he looked. I don't at know. It, I've never heard any interviews no, with him I, about I, that. Kind of thing. In my opinion, he is a very genuine artist, yeah. and I, I think he looked. Oh at yeah, it, I, I get that. I think too. he looked at it as like an opportunity to like use some new tools and paint on a bigger canvas yeah. you know what i mean and and tell this this story you know and he learned things he talks about um in some of the supplementary material how um anthony hopkins who's terrific in this movie mm-hmm. um they, there's a little bit of friction with them because i think anthony hopkins did really... both artists well yeah and anthony hopkins is like anthony hopkins and like mm-hmm. he's like who's this kid who directed this weird art house movie um and uh david lynch decided he would never again, although I guess he did do Dune, um, he would prefer prefer not to or try never again to direct a film where he didn't create the original story because mm-hmm. he didn't want to be told by an actor the character wouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Because David Lynch is like, well, yeah, he would, you know. Yeah. But David Lynch really respects actors. He loves actors, you know. But at the end of the day, like, he wants it to be, like, his film. Yeah, you know. he seems kind of practical. Like the whole, the like one for you, one for them. Yeah, or one for me, one. for Yeah, them and thing. this is kind of the the one. He's for like, this that. is what I need to do so I right. can make money, so I can make my other film. Exactly. It's not like he's selling out. He's just yeah, like this totally. is kind of in my. And, and I think he was I figuring he was figuring out how far he could go into becoming yeah. a mainstream Hollywood director too. And it's like he probably hit the limit of that with this movie. It's like, okay, I'm probably not going to be Steven Spielberg. You know what I mean? Right. But you know, I. I like having access to these actors and all this kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. um, it was a, obviously a big move for David Lynch's career, and it holds up today as a great, great film. So um, if you haven't haven't seen it or haven't seen it for a while... I agree, but I definitely have to watch it. it again. Yeah, watch it again. And that was my experience. I'd seen it, uh, liked it, but then kind of put it aside. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely worth a rewatch. As we wait for David Lynch's next project, whatever that might be, since there's always many years between... Yeah, this would be after I've seen now all of Twin Peaks, and I kind of had a, a newfound respect for it. Yeah. I remember, when I, first you start I remember out, when I first got into David Lynch, you were kind of like... Eh. Well, because I had seen Eraserhead just because it's like a famous Yeah, you've got movie. to watch it. Yeah, And it's like, I saw, I don't know, what, what I was like 15 or something, right. and like, oh... You this, have to be ready. I was like, oh, this is pretentious shit. Right. Like, He's not saying anything, but is he He's saying something? He's just being weird or? for the sake of being yeah. weird kind of stuff. Yeah, but he, that's so there's, not like there's all. an element of that, but he's you can tell he's like more genuine than that. Because totally. oh, yeah. once you once I saw Twin Peaks, I was like, oh, he, this guy knows exactly what he's yeah. doing. Like, that's why like he can navigate like all this shit: m- serious comedy, right. dark, scary. Like he yeah. he can navigate it all. And that's why like sometimes more so than people who dismiss David Lynch. Because if you don't like it, you don't like it. But like, I almost get annoyed with some of the people who do like David Lynch. Because the the types of David Lynch fans who latch on to just the weirdness. Because I'm like, yeah, 
there's more to it than that. Tim Burton fans are a little like that. Too. Yeah, yeah. It's I think all these kind of artists can be, you know, mm-hmm. that get these kind of cult followings and they kind of latch on to like the surface elements, which is fine. I mean, yeah. it's not it's not like I'm not I'm not saying like Eraser isn't weird. I'm not saying Twin Peaks isn't quirky. Like, but then if you hear like, because I was listening to interviews with Tim Burton too, if you hear them talk about it, it's like they're way more than just these, like these. Yeah. Superficial, like surface I, elements. I think like, if that was Tim all... Burton's movies look weird because they have like circus stuff in them too. But like, there's something underneath. He's it. got something else going yeah, on. Yeah, and under and, there too. and I think if it if they didn't have that extra element going on, if they didn't have such a basic command of their filmmaking craft, yeah, they couldn't sell it. And we wouldn't still be talking about them. Yeah. We wouldn't still be talking about these movies from 1980 and 19. 19- 92. 92. We just wouldn't. Because mm-hmm. just weird for the sake of weird does not get you that kind of lunch. Well, it's like what I was talking about with those action scenes, too. It's like, they can perfect it, but eventually it's just kind of like the same people yep. doing the same things over and over again. You yep. need something like injected into right. the bloodstream. Of have, an, have this weird, quirky artist do an action scene. Right. It's not always going to pay off, but like it makes for like an interesting mix. 100%. Okay. I'm That's it. <laughs> All right. Um, so now guess, on the Superman Returns. Yes, the part two. Um, well, we may do uh, a second, uh, another look at uh, DC's right. heroes. But for now, uh, we're, we're all done. So we're going to wrap it up here on the dive. And uh, we it's hope It's almost you guys, next Christmas. It is almost next Christmas. So we hope you guys, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, and we hope to see you again here real soon for another episode of the Dumpster Dive. Same bat time. Same Ooh, bad same channel. bad channel. There you go. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.